Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider weekly podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews coming to you all the way from the planet Mongo. Mm. I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me from a crystal that is plugged into a supercomputer, mm-hmm. my co-host, Dave Trumbord. David, 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 how you doing? I'm doing well? good, man. I'm I'm a little confused in this crystalline palace that I'm in. Am I in the crystal that is plugged into the supercomputer or am I in the supercomputer in which the crystal is plugged in? Ooh, you know... It's a real Tron situation over here. I think, and this is just... I don't know a lot about crystal computer technology, no, so hear me out on this one. I think it's you are yeah. inside of the crystal and yeah. then the crystal is plugged into the computer or mm. you are like the CPU of... The computer, but you're in the crystal? Mm. What if it's just like my winning personality that was uploaded into a death crystal and then plugged into a supercomputer that was designed by a teenager? Yeah, that sounds about Does that right. work? Okay, cool. No, yeah, we're, what, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Of, what kind of video games are we playing on that computer and does it have ray tracing? Yes, to both. It runs on the new 3090, uh, so okay. you can pick it up at your local Best Buy. Not Perfect. a sponsor. <laughs> Dude, you're getting if- a crystal. You're getting a crystal. <laughs> this sounds bad if you look at our back catalog of shows that we have looked at, yeah. given the fact that there is such a thing as a drug called Crystal Twist. Just, let but, me just grease my palms. That sounded uh, weird because it sounded like it, I was talking to myself. Yep, and it also sounded out of context, which it was. It was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how to help other people I'll definitely just where edit they came from. all this out. Be fine. I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't keep it there. Go listen to our drug episodes. They were a lot of fun. We had some anti-drug PSAs or anti, uh, anti-episodes anti that were drug PSAs because some of them were real bad. Some of them were real fun. Check them out. Right. And some of them were also the best. Being yeah. somebody who just... Being two people who don't really do drugs. Uh, cartoons are our drugs, essentially. Yeah. Which is one of the sadder things I've ever said, but it's also true. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think we're all we're all good on that. I still want to do some Crystal Twist. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. If, you, if Crystal Twist doesn't make sense, go back and listen to our Brave Star <laughs> yeah. episode on New Texas, the planet New Texas that has Crystal Twist as a drug. Don't worry. We're going to get just as severe on today's episode in terms of some of the character and plot development. So I can't wait. We got a good one. Yeah. I'm you... so glad we found it. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that somebody told us that we need to watch this yeah. because if you're not familiar with the cartoon that we're joking about right now, guess what? It's not Brave Star. We got gotcha. you, psyched you out. We're actually talking about Defenders of the Earth, yeah. which is what we're going to be talking about today. And we've actually had a listener call in and tell us that we have to do this. If you are a new listener or a longtime listener, you might know that Dave and I are under a cartoon legal contract mm-hmm. where anytime somebody calls in and tells us that we have to watch a very specific cartoon, guess what? We're going to do it. Got to do it. Otherwise, legally we obligated. Get, we're legally obligated by our cartoon lawyers at this point to dig in and watch all these shows. You might be saying to yourself, John, Dave, this is episode 286, and we know that you've probably done over 300 cartoons at this point. You've probably done every cartoon there is that's out there getting close surprise surprise we're i really you think we're getting no close? we're not getting close at all oh man i feel like we barely scratched the surface we have yeah yeah we'll be doing this when so we're 85 got, right so we still have a lot to get into yeah and so we do appreciate some people 
calling in and letting us know exactly what we should watch and why it means a lot to you. Yeah. So we're actually going to turn this over to Jake, who called in and requested Defenders of the Earth. So Jake, take it away. Hey, Sean, Dave, it's Jake. I wanted to throw out Defenders of the Earth. Kind of a mid-80s cartoon featuring all of your favorite King Syndicate cartoon characters like Flash Gordon, Phantom, Mandrake the Magician, Lothor, and their kids, but not like baby kids, but like, you know, like teens, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like Avengers, but like, you know, just a big mashup of cartoon characters. But for some reason, I really dig it. And like, I will still go back and rewatch this random clip on YouTube, so. But yeah, definitely check it out. Once again, my Twitter's like Mr. Jake. So, thank you. Jake, awesome. Thank you so much. Super appreciate it. Love to hear from you. A uh, couple notes about what you said. <laughs> we have notes, Jake. We have, we have notes, Jake. <laughs> All of my favorite cartoon characters? Oof, I don't know. Maybe not my favorite cartoon characters. <laughs> but definitely a random assortment of people that we've thrown into a hodgepodge. They were definitely my favorite comics characters to Google because I didn't really know who any of them were, <laughs> with the exception of maybe like two. You know, a, a very kind of passing understanding of like, oh, yeah, no, I know them. And from that to the spectrum of who is this person? What are their powers? Where do they come from? What do they have to do? But if they're your favorites, that's awesome because this is like tailor made for you. So good work. Second note for you, Jake. Yeah. Kind of like the Avengers. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> There's some interesting aspects, but we'll yeah. get into it in a moment. A lot of you might be listening and wondering, hey, how do I recommend a cartoon? Well, guess what? It's super simple, and we're going to make it very easy for you. Go over to any of our social media sites. In our bio section, there is a Linktree link. You can click that. I think it's the second button. Sure. Submit a suggestion. You can also go one step further. You can either use that Google form and submit that suggestion, or you can call into our automated voice answering machine. Yeah, leave us a voice message, because... Everybody loves that. They're fun. Yeah. The phone number is 202-681-4406. Don't worry about writing it down. You're probably running outside or driving a car somewhere. Don't worry. It's in the show notes. We got you. It's in all of our link tree and our social media accounts. Go click that button. Give us a call. Leave us a message. You know, why do we ask you to do this? Mm. It ensures that you get the proper shout out because Jake called in. We can now tag him on social media. We can let him know when his episode is coming out. We also love to hear from you a lot of people will send us messages it gets muddied in the sea of crap that's out there on social media we want to make sure that we can focus specifically on what's important to you plus we're uh, legally obligated yeah. based on our cartoon lawyers to be able to do this it's your so, best bet yep it's the best bet that we're gonna do so no worries you might also be wondering now that we're talking about defenders of the earth Ooh. and we've heard from jake and i keep wanting to say jake from state farm but don't worry jake we're going to make a distinction. As far as we know, There's it's not two, him. It could be. Two separate Jakes. If you work at State Farm, Jake, awesome. It could be Jake from State Farm. There's a lot of different Jakes that yeah. are out there, so don't worry about it. We're actually going to not turn this over to another Jake. We're going to turn this over to a best friend of the show and longtime listener, Bobby Anthem. He's going to take us away and give us a little bit of a synopsis of the show. Bobby, take it away. Defenders of the Earth is an American animated television series produced in 1986, featuring characters from three comic strips distributed by King Feature Syndicate. Flash Gordon, The Phantom, Mandrake the Magician opposing Ming the Merciless in the year 2015. 
Supporting characters include Mandrake's assistant Lothar and the hero's children, Flash's son Rick, Lothar's son LJ, Kashin, the adopted son of Mandrake, and Jetta Walker, daughter of the Phantom, Kit Walker. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Appreciate it. As always, you're the best. We have to ask that. We have to ask the all important question. Gotta ask. What would Bobby be in this show? Man. Oof. Yeah. Are there any, I mean, this is a, a stupid question, but are there any obscure comics characters from the 19th? Uh, the shadow. They didn't bring the shadow into this. That could have been interesting. Yeah. You know, early 20th century comic book character, probably not a, a, a king uh, features property at that point, but Bobby would make an interesting shadow. Could see yeah, that. I think Bobby could make an interesting shadow. Yeah. I'd, I'd be behind that. Okay, cool. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I mean, if it's a shadow, I feel like the shadow would be behind me, but we all get the point. Probably. So, yeah, but you know, no you know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. We're including Bobby. I wonder if the shadow in... and the phantom would have been too much, though. What do you think? It could have been. I feel like there's a lot of redundancy between the Out two. Out of here, phantom. Ah, yeah, sort of. There's a lot yeah. of murky areas with their origin stories and uh, their one liners. Yeah. By the way, there he is. Uh, phantom yeah. right there. That's blocking. A couple him. challenging. A couple challenging things. Yeah. It's also, are you that much of a phantom if you're just dressed in purple? You just you look and the skulls, man. We didn't get much of the skulls, but anyway, we'll get into that. Ugh. Billy Zane, this one's for you. Yeah, right. Here we go. Let's get into talking about Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, we are going to approach this through a spaghetti western fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Clint Eastwood. We understand that he's probably listening. So of course we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the LOL. We have obviously changed it from the ugly. Let me break it down for everybody. Please. We're going to talk about the good, things that we liked about this show, stuff that resonated with us, stuff that we loved. Talk about the bad, some things that didn't resonate with us, things that may have been a little bit problematic. We're going to talk <laughs> about those. We'll get into it for Defenders of the Earth. And there's a couple things, so don't worry. Yeah. Finally, we're going to talk about the LOL, talk about things that made us laugh, Ooh. intentional or unintentional. Holy we crap. We got a bunch. There's so much. Can't wait. There's almost too much. We have visuals of... too. We have visuals to share with you guys today. Yeah. This is what's crazy because we've we've done this as as an audio, yeah. you know, podcast for over six years yeah. at this point. We're now doing this as a video podcast. Because we have so a crystal powered us, computer. So it's great. Crystal powered computer. Also, Amazing. if it glitches out at any point, just pull it out and just blow on the crystal yeah. and plug it back in. That's, That's fine. the equivalent of a control alt delete. Yeah. So we are going to talk a little bit about those things that made us laugh intentional and unintentional we're going to get into all of this but we want to kind of talk about the larger picture is that we have watched two episodes so we're only making our snap decisions and judgments between dave and i based off two episodes jake didn't even recommend these ones he just said watch the show so we ended up watching all 65 episodes oh wait what what oh no don't do that no i didn't do that Uh, which it is fun that they that there were sixty five episodes. Yeah, that this came was out a good good old fashioned Monday to Friday afternoon syndication cartoon. Yep. yep. Which, if anybody's paying attention, sixty five is the magic number for cartoon syndication. Yep. Divided by three, so, you'll figure. By three, yeah. divided by thirteen, even you'll figure it out. Start with a it's three. Fine. That's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so we actually watched episode one, yep. which is the escape from Mongo, and oh we also watched episode 26 which is terror in time and the season one finale as well yep right we want to talk about the fact that all of these from our snap decision based on these two episodes we want to recognize that a lot of time love energy money politics bs also a lot more money go into actually making all these cartoons crystals Uh, so 
recognize that we're making this decision. If you have a difference of opinion, feel free to let us know. You know, we're not going to get will. a chance. To, well, yeah, we're not going to get a chance to watch all 65 episodes. But guess what? Surprise, surprise. Pretty much a majority of them are out there for free on YouTube. Yeah. So you can pick them up right now. Yeah. You know, until Just they shut Every it once in a down. while, you're going to have to. Well, either that or you're going to have to sit through a bunch of YouTube commercials and wait the five or six seconds before you can say skip commercial. Or they're going to try to get you to get whatever the version is of YouTube that has commercial free. I don't, don't know. I think I. I feel like I almost click the wrong button every time, Dave, and I have a mini panic attack yeah. that I signed up for another free streaming service that I don't need. It's fine. Just give them my email address. You'll be okay. I don't know that I would do that to you. <laughs> Why would I do that? That don't seems know. terrible. I'll take the five seconds, though. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Let's get into Please. the good things about this show. Yeah. Let's launch into it. Dave, Defenders of the Earth, Woo. the good... How are you feeling? What resonated with you? I feel pretty good when we talk about sort of good old-fashioned classic Saturday morning cartoons. Now, granted, we did talk about this being a weekday afternoon syndicated cartoon, but it's got all the trappings of a classic 80s comic book-inspired animated adaptation with a supergroup, a bunch of kids running around who are like the second generation of that same supergroup. There's a little uh, fuzzy animal sidekick. I mean, this is like by the book what you expect to see when you have a comic book superhero 80s cartoon and i was not disappointed that all the tropes are there and they line most of them up right from the theme song like you're you're ready to go just from that theme song can we talk about that for a second let's get into the theme song Ooh, please boy you're, what are your Ooh. first impressions from this one just great 80s vibes yep. that's all i want that's it's like fun music yeah fun song we get a roll call we do for the which single we dad's club needed. that they have yes. that are out there yes so we, we kind of get into, because as Dave mentioned earlier, some of these characters are super fun to kind of Google. I didn't know who some of them were. No, that's, these were all created okay. in the 30s. These were all from the 1930s, right. and they, they've had various iterations over the decades. This was one of the more recent ones, and mostly because, cut to it, but Flash Gordon had a resurgence in late 70s and early 80s because of Star Wars. And then this kind of uh, grew out of another animated series that was just focused on Flash Gordon. So this was kind of an extension of that. But I digress again. So we get very fun music, yeah. very fun song, fun roll call for these particular characters from the 30s. And then when we get to our stand-in for the children that are watching this, the kids, the younger generation yeah. that we have that are supposed to be fighting crime and doing stuff, sure. they just throw them away and just They're blow just like, past them. Plus, here's a collection of kids we got. That's the end. They go out a hair, like a hair metal yeah. like kind of ballad that is psyching you up for... Flash Gordon, Phantom, Mandrake the Musician, uh, Lothar, yeah. and they're pumping you up about everything. And there's just like a like a like a belt or a scream that's coming in. And they're like, and then these kids, and then the song ends. And yeah. you're like, oh. And they repeat. Cool. Like we've talked about many many times when we talk about theme songs, especially from like classic cartoons. The way that they get you is by repeating the title of the show. So they say Defenders of the Earth about twenty times in the yeah. space of maybe a minute. So they really hit you over the head with that one. And then they save that last earth for a little extra beat just to keep you waiting and then hit you with the earth. We're good. We're good. But it's also uh, 80s theme songs are also known for their aggressive explanations (laughs) of the plots that you're about to see, which is one of my favorite things. Ah, man. What was it? um, What was the one with uh, uh, the guy on the motorcycle? Surrender. Uh, spiral, spiral zone. zone. Spiral, spiral zone. zone. Yeah. 
go back and watch the Spiral Zone theme song because that is one of the more <laughs> aggressive explanations of plot you've ever Surrender seen. Surrender or pay, pay the, the consequences. consequences. It's amazing. And this is up there. I think Defenders of the Earth was one of my like top 10 80s cartoon theme songs, which is maybe it was an honorable mention, uh, but it was definitely up there in the list. But it's, it's good. It's yeah. a good start. Good start. It's very fun because if you think, man, we're going to get some of those sweet guitar licks and oh, boy. guitar so many. licks just in the intro, you're wrong. Nope. We're going to get them all, all throughout the, the entire episode. It's such a treat. <laughs> it really is. I dig it. No, I, love I like it. it too. It's weird because that part, like the audio and the musical cues and stuff were very 80s. But these characters, we got Lothar, and I can actually use the visual guide now. We got Mandrake, the magician. We got our take on Flash Gordon. We got Phantom. And you can't see them because they're off the screen, but the kids. Uh, purple mop with a blonde wig. Yeah, you got everything. <laughs> and whatever that thing is, Zuzzy. Yeah, pur- purple snarf with Ooh, a blonde wig. Purple snarf. Yeah, you got your little animal sidekick. But right. they all still very, they feel very 30s. Like the, the characters, the heroes to me have not really changed all that much. They didn't drag them into the 80s, but the music and the cues definitely do. So it was an interesting kind of pairing of the two. Yeah. So we've talked about these particular characters. Yeah. Anything about them that you like? I know you said that they, they've kind of had that frozen in time yeah. feel from the 30s. Anybody else that jumped out from the cast that you you enjoyed, that kind of resonated with you, that you thought was fun? Sure. I will say I, uh, I normally don't like sort of second generation heroes, right? Okay. They're not my favorite, especially when they're just kind of created for the cartoon that they're producing. These characters were fine because they were kind of like the more modern version of those 30s heroes, right? It would be like if Captain America was meeting his like grandson or whatever in the 80s. Uh, So there wasn't a lot of like 80s contemporary like pop culture references or anything like that really in this show. It was all very disconnected from like the the real world or the the era they were living in. But the kids were a little more relatable, I think. They they mostly just kind of acted... That's not even necessarily true. They sometimes acted as kids with each other, but the rest of the time they were trying to do like junior league superhero stuff. So they were interesting. They weren't super irritating like every other 80s second generation hero kids are. I'll say that. Right. What do you think of the kids yeah. though? I thought they were fun. I yeah. mean, we have we have LJ, which is just short for Lothar Jr. Yeah, which is super lazy. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. We have uh, we have Rick Gordon, which is actually Richard Gordon. I'm like, you guys are skating on real thin ice. When you try to tell me that Richard is going to be, is the short version is going to be Rick. I know it happens, but we all know there's another one. So, I mean, I feel like we should call him by that alternative name because he's, he's a little bit kind of an impulsive jerk. And yeah. so I think maybe the alternate for Richard would have also been applicable for his sure. character archetype. Sure. Could have worked. Got Volkswagen Jetta. Yep. Walker, who is the daughter of Phantom. Surprise. Surprise. Also, Maybe one of the coolest characters that's on this show. Yeah, between uh, Jetta and Kisa, I think is the name of the Kisa, the yeah. literal Black Panther. Uh, not not like the Marvel superhero, but a literal Panther, a Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Very cool character. We'll talk about. Uh, I guess you could talk about him if you want. But uh, sure, no, I, I thought she was fun. Yeah. Telepathy. Yeah, she gets a cool pet. A lot of things going on. I felt like she had a lot to contribute as this sort of uh, you know young justice. 
yeah. uh, contribution to what they were doing. I thought she was great. And she she, she was lot. also kind of out of the culture, right? Because she was, we'll get into it because it's probably not in the good section. She comes from a different culture, different cultural upbringing. So when she's brought kind of into the inner city, let's say, or just like the city that, uh, you know, Flash Gordon and Mandrake and, and Lothar happen to be in, it's a different world. So at one point she tells Kisa, like, follow that that wheeled beast because <laughs> she didn't have a word for car i guess i don't know but uh that was kind of interesting and yeah it was a decent character to bring in and one of the like i don't know probably had the most agency in this show in terms of getting stuff done yeah yeah no, i would agree yeah we also have uh Kishin, who is the yeah uh, orphan adopted son of mandrake don't and also in process why. to be his magician sure. or like a stagehand. Like an apprentice. Oh, no. We really didn't get to see much of, of Kishin, Kishin uh, in these episodes with the exception of them just kind of shoving him to the side and just being like, we'll get yeah. back to you later. It's not your turn yet. Kind of like the Monty from Captain Planet. You're like, okay, yeah, I mean, that's At least cute. Monty had heart. a power and a monkey. Yeah. But I mean, Instead he had Zuffy. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Kind of, kind of identical, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought all of the the junior league characters that we had that were on there, they were fun. Yeah. Like they, like you said, they weren't offensive. They did some stuff, <laughs> which is a low bar, but we do have to yeah. start there. Yeah, it, like it really. Oof. I mean, you look at some of the other cartoons that we've watched, yeah. and you look at their their representation of kids, and they're kind of crappy. You know, they're they're kind of bratty teens, or yeah. they fall into that terrible teen trope. At least in this instance, there had been a really difficult inciting incident in episode one that set the bar and some also some weird tonal notes for the rest of the show yeah. in terms of how people react to death uh, and loss it's interesting we'll to say the least we'll get there yeah but it's one of those things that it, it's interesting to note that these kids are willing to help and they are trying their best and recognizing that in some cases they are kind of used as a ploy right. to pull out their parents or to to kind of entrap their parents in a sense. Right, so yeah. uh, it's it's kind of curious to see how they play into that and then if they do get captured how they kind of break free and move away. Yeah. Uh one interesting fact about those two kids so Rick and Jetto were originally supposed to be flipped. So originally it was going to be Flash Gordon that had a daughter and um Phantom had a son. And Phantom's son was going to be the next kind of in line of the, the long line of Phantoms. This current iteration, this guy right here, is the 27th right. version uh, of the Phantoms. 27th Phantom. Would, would the son then have been the 28th or would he have been like another name? Would he have been like I, Apparition? No, you maybe, I don't know about uh, the spirit. Spectre? It definitely would have been the spirit. Uh, oh, I feel, like that's, I feel like that's copyright infringement with the spirit. Exactly. Uh, right. No, just the 28th. I don't even know what version they're on now. Wasn't there, we got to watch the Phantom 2099 or whatever that was. Is that uh, a thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like Spider-Man 2099. I think Phantom uh, did right. 2099. Yeah, you can correct me on that. But I like the idea that originally they were kind of swapped. And then for whatever reason, they flipped them back around the other way. And we have the characters we have now. Sort of over here. Right. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, Dave. Sure. About the animation style that we have. Because if, if we're, even if we're not, watching the video of the two of us talking about this uh, I, like there's a very clear uh contemporary to this show that you know i think would put a lot of people in the right place of mind sure yeah for me it, it reminded me a lot of gi joe the kind of uh 
big kind of uh, muscly heroes, but uh, just randomly running into and out of the screen at various angles, <laughs> which is what I think of when I think of G.I. Joe, as far as animation goes. <laughs> like, they're either straight at you, straight away from you, or just like on a weird angle. Um, and you get a lot of that in here. It's a very action-packed show. There's a lot of action going on at all times. It's not necessarily always good, because a lot of stuff is happening, very little explanation sometime of what's going on, and then after that, way too much explanation of what just happened. Uh, so very much like G.I. Joe. And some of the characters even look like they're, you know, they're kind of modeled after, or similar to the other G.I. Joe uh, characters. But this was a, a lot of different productions. It was um, King Features. It was a Marvel production, which is why Stan Lee had some story uh, supervising credits on it. And I believe even wrote the uh, title sequence, the, the theme song lyrics. Oh, boy, if the credits are to be believed. So thanks for that, Stan. R.I.P. But, um, yeah, you've also got a little bit of jank here and there. Uh, but I will say as far as the 80s go, I thought it was pretty solid. I thought overall the animation here was pretty solid. There weren't a whole lot of uh, instances where I was just like, man, they really they really cut corners on that. Or they're just recycling the same thing over and over and over again. It was, it was pretty good. And it's very funny because some of the jank that we see for cartoons, I think of very fondly. Yeah, of course. I enjoy a little bit of jank yeah. from time to time. It feels like it's of the era because it was. Right. Even episode one had, for a majority of my LOLs, I'll talk about all the jank that we noticed that's in there. It's fun. It's not crazy. It's just, it's probably goof-ups between where they were handing over scenes right. for animation, how they were communicating with some of those different teams. And I will say it there happens. were a lot of overseas studios doing the actual animation. So it was Marvel right. and King that were doing the production, but the actual animation was done by a, a trio of South Korean studios and then um, Toei animation. Early early days of sort of uh, American animation done by Toei. So. And it's fun because we've talked about Toei animation on here before. Yep. And we know that even, you know, even with the best laid plans that they may have had, Every once in a while, they're going to be little goof-ups. Sometimes they're more glaring than others. Right. In this case, they fell right into that sweet, nostalgic spot yeah. of, it's not terrible, it just turned out to be funny. Yeah, exactly. It's in our LOL section, so you escaped right. the bad section. Speaking of bad, though, what do you think about our major antagonist here? Uh, I'm going to get into him in a moment. Fair. In the bad section, but I will say, you know, in terms of, I mentioned the inciting incident yeah. in episode one. Uh but it's also worth noting the story points that I think that they have okay. for this. So the the whole whole impetus, the whole reason for this cartoon existing in the first place is that Ming the Merciless right. has killed all of his planet's resources. And so now he has set his sights on taking over Earth. Yeah. So if you watched Flash Gordon. Of the Earth. Exactly. Right. So if you watch Flash Gordon, this is sort of like, I wouldn't say the next logical step from that, but uh, it's, a, it's a follow-up Kinda, adventure yeah. from that. Yeah. So it was interesting. And it's... It's more interesting, you know, Jake mentioned it being kind of like the Avengers. This is sort of like all of the so-called defenders of the Earth, which they name themselves uh, at the end of the first episode, I think. Um, it's all of them kind of coming together to fend off Ming. Ming doesn't necessarily feel like the biggest possible bad they could have had, but I guess at the time and in the Flash Gordon universe, like, that was it. It was always Flash versus Ming and, and vice versa, so... That gets a little old, I would imagine, by episode sixty-five. Where they find they yeah. try to find new ways to to freshen that up and and keep it interesting. So for two episodes, thought it was pretty good. Yeah, not yeah. bad. It's also fun to see that you know, I guess maybe fun isn't the correct word, <laughs> but I talked about the inciting incident for yeah. all of this, and it's 
the fact that in the process of draining planet Mongo yeah. of all of its natural resources, Ming has captured uh, Flash Gordon, his wife, and also the and also Rick. Yeah. And Flash has managed to get away. Son, wife, not so lucky. Yeah. They torture the wife. They actually Multiple kill. Times. Yeah. They kill his wife. That's how this cartoon within the first 22 minutes of this show, at least about around maybe like the 10 or 12 minute mark, yeah, yeah, they kill a character. Through. Yeah, she's and I, gone. And it's interesting to note this because, you know, we talked about the contemporary being G.I. Joe. The reason nobody really ever died in G.I. Joe is because how else are they going to sell action figures? Right. You know, in this case, they actually kill a character and there are consequences to kind of how that takes place not the a ones little you bit expect. of consequences not, not yeah the not one, the ones definitely consequences just not the ones that any normal person would expect yeah i definitely didn't expect it and i'm far from normal and so it's it's interesting to kind of see that actually take place as that incident that kind of acts or sparks as a catalyst because then then suddenly you have flash gordon who's already dedicated yeah to fighting the powers of evil yeah. now he's just like oh no like Clear my calendar. He's super I dedicated. An, I have an agenda He's and a goal now. Forget this son of mine. I'm just going to focus <laughs> on this, which is something we'll talk about in a second. It's also very weird to see like the teen drama aspect of it. It's, it was fun for me because in some cases, I'm sure they had to kind of normalize yeah. a lot of the action. But it is very weird to sort of see them say, I know that your mom died, but guess what? You have to register for high school yeah, classes tomorrow. Quite the jump there to like, yeah, to normalize, like you said, to bring everybody back down and just be like, let's not dwell on this crushing emotional trauma we've just experienced. Let's let's start high school tomorrow. Also, this kid looks like he's at least 25, but anyway. Right. Yeah. And then Jetta immediately being taken out of where she is and yeah. they're like, oh, don't worry, you can roll in school with our kids. Yeah. Like, I don't know that that's a bonus. <laughs> I also don't know that she's okay with that or anybody yeah. should be okay with that, but it's very convenient for the narrative. We'll put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Can I say a couple things before we move on to the next section uh, yeah, about that that season one finale? <laughs> there is a bot uh, in the employ of Ming who I'm going to talk about more in the LOLs, but the the bot's name is Octon and it looks like a, a giant like virus. If you've seen what a virus looks like, like a uh, uh, a phage virus, let's put it that way. It looks like a giant one of those. So it's got this like octahedron head. This thing, it looks like it's going to be like super powerful and then they never they never cut back to it again. But I just really liked looking at Octon and seeing how powerful this thing was supposed to be. However, there are bigger surprises in that season finale. We get we get a, a weird mutant life form that kind of complicates things. Felt like an add-on to me. But the more interesting thing is there's a time travel aspect and it throws them back in time so that they can actually meet Prince Valiant and a bunch of characters from the era of, you know, King Arthur. So a little bit of Merlin magic thrown in, uh, a little bit of kind of uh, swords and sorcery kind of stuff with the with old-fashioned King Arthur knights, things like that. That was pretty neat. That was a fun addition to close out that first season. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see that. I feel like a lot of this cartoon just in general, harkening back to those 30 kind of cartoon comic strips and, and those character designs that were coming about at that time, it was an easy way for them to be like, yeah, we got Prince Valiant. He's yeah. not doing anything. We'll no. just get him in there. Just I'm surprised they didn't make him like a regular cast member at this point. I mean, maybe they did in later episodes. We don't know because that was only the season one finale. So maybe it was a crossover episode and then they brought him onto the regular team. I don't know. Because they I, do I mean, leave uh, Defenders of the Earth insignia behind. So 
who knows yeah i mean and, and also who else is going to continue to fight whatever venom or carnage symbiote they, they left, they they left, left in the, the past <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks guys thanks for bringing your time traveling trash back here <laughs> we got warlock to deal with he's bad enough now we got dark water exactly <laughs> uh it is there's just a weird kind of like purple symbiote yeah. that they have that looks like it's either pirates of the dark water like the actual dark water right, yeah. from the show or it looks like it's a venom yeah. from spider-man it just kind of attaching itself and it's evidently eating the flesh sure people, yeah but slowly to be honest with you very yeah. slowly very it's like just niblets taking niblets mandrake walked away he's unscathed he's so fine. he's he's totally fine he's it's fine. probably it's like those little fish you know that like yeah I guess little remorials like, or whatever just kind of clean you up exactly like when you're i guess when you're getting like a pedicure or oh something yeah like that, that, too. that thing that whatever. thing they just eat your dead that skin thing. you're fine mandrake actually no is shining he is exfoliated looking great he is Look ready to go ready to moisturize he's a great pumped he's pumped Let's talk about some of the things that didn't pump us up yeah. about this show. Yep, yep, yep. Can I? You can. Launch, can I talk about the the first? Please. Probably the the most glaring. Gang, we need to talk about the fact, and I know that we've mentioned this before on this show. When we look back at sometimes '80s cartoons that are out there, there can sometimes be uh, sexism. Um, there can sometimes every ism, uh, especially when yeah, you're talking every, '30s comics, like right every ism that's out there yeah. the more notable one that's in this is with the character design of ming the merciless yep. and it's very hard because it falls into sadly what is called and considered yellow peril imagery yeah. for that particular era that is racist imagery yeah. of what asian people or like east asian appearance would look like just in terms of the character design sadly ming the merciless falls into that category and I know that they tried to make him character. green, you know, to be like, no, he's yeah. not really. He's an alien and it's fine and everything's fine. Yeah, it, it's 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 hard because like when you when you look at a lot of the things that are in there, uh, it, it's 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 a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of what's there, you know, I, I'd say now we would kind of look at something like this and like we can recognize and we can understand and hopefully learn from what's taken place it's the wrong way to to do character design. It's it's not great. It is offensive. Uh, it's also interesting to note that Mongol is very close to obviously, uh, like, or I'm sorry, Mongo, the planet yeah, Mongo yeah. Mm-hmm. is similar to uh, Mongol, and so you know, which you know has has a tradition or has a part in terms of uh, you know, like identity for people who are East Asian, and so it, it's challenging. It's hard. It's not great. Uh, you know, I, man, it's it's a bummer to watch it and be like, okay, this is like a fun thing that we're all cool with. This yeah. like four four single dads raising these kids, doing this. Oh man! And now Ming. we're hit with this. We're hit with damn it. We're hit with this racism. Like I don't need this crap in my cartoons all the time. Speaking of maybe adjacent <laughs> to racism. Oh, I want to I want to stick with that real quick because it's real uncomfortable oh, yeah. for everyone. But it does Please. remind me of the Mandarin too. So hop over to Marvel. Yes. Very, yes. very similar, obviously inspired by um, very similar stuff there too. So if you get them confused sometimes, I mean, they both kind of come from the same sort of not so great roots. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a great and ongoing conversation about like how do you address the the past for things like that? And then how do you address that going forward? Is it enough to keep that character, but they're the bad guys and they're alien, so it's okay? Or do you really have to address the root of it and 
find a different way forward. Now, yeah. I will say this cartoon we're talking about today was 40 years ago. Uh, and then the comic that we were talking about as well is almost 100 years, if you can even kind of wrap your Believe. brain around that. So, yeah, the, through the lens of time, like, it's good that we're having these conversations about how to how to do it uh, progressively and actually be aware of these things. So, it's a good point. And you think about, like, I think it was, like, 1934 and yeah. 1932 when a lot of this character design. So, post-World War One, prior and setting up for the sequel in the 40s. And so, you know, it, it's... It's just tough. Yeah. So we can all recognize that. Yeah. And no studios were free of that. I mean, go back, watch Warner Brothers stuff, Disney stuff. It's all out there. So yeah. Flight from Seattle. It's challenging. Yep. Speaking of things that are also challenging, as I alluded to, (laughs) let's talk about the phantom character. Oh, no. Uh, Again, going back to the origin of the character, they really stuck with it instead of trying to do something new with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you know what? And it's not to say that it's weird it just it falls into current tropes that we know and we understand in terms of storytelling and writing which can be problematic he is living in south africa which isn't to say that there can't be white people in south africa there are well and like, yeah that's been a, an issue there for some time sometimes <laughs> let's put it so, that way yeah uh but he definitely has uh he he is pulling powers from the peoples that are in that particular area uh, from them and his teachings and his learnings. And he is the hero, which kind of really gives off a white savior vibe that I don't need. In some cases we've seen that with like, he's like a bad combination of a Tarzan, a Batman and a green arrow character. And now granted he was around before, you know, pretty much all of them. Uh, all of not, 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 I don't know about Tarzan, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, you gonna look up Tarzan. No, I'm not going to look up Tarzan. I'm 100% going to look up Tarzan now. (laughs) But yeah, he is. Like, I like the Phantom character, but then there are obviously going to be aspects of that kind of origin story that you're just like, it would be like if you watched Black Panther and then Martin Freeman just like stepped to the front of everybody and was like, I got this. Don't, I got this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants that. And also nobody needs that ever. Or ask for it or anything. Yeah. It's just, it's a weird it's a weird kind of thing to have to start the bad section. Just be like hey, racism. Gang, racism. <laughs> I feel like, like mine are more kind of like uh, specific to the industry and to eighties cartoons. There's things like there's exposition dumps. Like this entire thing starts with flash, essentially crash landing, popping out random dude in a, in a magician's cape. Like if you don't know Mandrake and Lothar and Kashin and and even Flash, if you don't recognize him right off the bat, the first few minutes of this episode are just like, what is happening? Especially yeah. if you didn't see the theme song. So it's really kind of mind-boggling at first, like, what is going on? But don't worry, because Flash Gordon is going to just cannon shoot all the exposition that you need to know right into your face. So it'll be oh, fun. This, this tea will definitely make me feel better. Don't I, The tea's for my LOL section, because there's a great <laughs> one-two punch that comes from this this tea. Yep. <laughs> uh, I will say, like, with all that exposition, though, there's some really bad one-liners, stuff like, I think it was, I think it was Kashin saying, you know, there's like a rocket ship that landed, and then there's robots that come and try to, like, <laughs> it's bizarre because they try to apprehend Flash Gordon, but the magician who owns the mansion is just like, there's no Flash Gordon here. Do you see? The spaceship already took off, and the robots are like, mm, I guess it's fine. Well, thank you for your time, sir. And they just, like, leave and go back out the door. 
But what's crazy about that is like Kishin will say, they don't teach stuff like this in science class. And Lothar just hanging out says, sounds like science fiction to me. I just, I can't. Some of that stuff is so cringy. Even in the 80s, that wouldn't have flown. It just wasn't good. It wasn't good. But there are so many characters in this thing that it is. Once you've, once you've got a handle on who everybody is, it's fine. But it also makes it really difficult for everybody to have like enough time to shine. So right. everybody gets a few seconds of like an action sequence or everybody gets a one-liner or a couple snippets of dialogue. Uh, the kids, maybe 30% of the screen time they get to share. But yeah, it's uh, it's something. It's it's a task. Right. Anything else from the bad section that uh, you want to point out? No, I just wanted to talk about the racism. Just want to, like always, yeah, just want to talk just, about racism. Yeah. Can I talk about... So we get this glowing crystal. Sure. <laughs> Stick with us here, kids. Yeah, I know. I'm here for this ride. Man, how do I even begin this? So as Sean mentioned, Rick and his mom, who's Flash Gordon's wife, who's never named in the show, but her name is Dale Arden. Mm -hmm. You know that if you read the comics or Googled like we did, uh, she's Dale, never mentioned. Dale Arden Jr. Dale Arden Jr. Great yeah. race car driver. She is never <laughs> called by name in the first 10 minutes, her entirety of existing in this show. Then she dies <laughs> by torture. And she never says a word in that final torture scene. The only word she says are when they're in the prison cell. So she never says a word, never makes a sound, which was also really creepy and weird. And then is just holding out this like glowing crystal uh, and gives it to her son. And like I think, Sean, you mentioned earlier, the, the crystal is kind of important for a lot of things. They use it throughout this uh, series to show and reveal different things to the characters. They apparently jam it in a supercomputer that Rick is building and give the personality of his dead mom to the supercomputer, which everybody seemed totally on board with uh, from the get-go, which was the consequence we talked about, but which no one saw coming. What was your reaction to that when they were just like, mm, mom's dead, that's a bummer, let's jam her in a supercomputer and see if it works? It was, it's really hard because there was a part of it, one, the technical aspect. Yeah. Was like, they stated that the operating system of this computer has her psyche. Think about that for a minute. If you were to boot up your Windows computer and Mom Windows was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just your dad, just like, oh no, oh, really? What are you gonna? Are you gonna watch anime again? Like, I don't need your lip. So right disappointed now, in me. Des the disappointed desktop every time. The D three disappointed desktop dad. Oh no. So it, it's yeah. So it, it's it's weird that they would do something like this. But there was also a moment where I realized you just killed this kid's parent. Yeah. And here's my thought on this. No, seriously, hear me out. Oh, no, I'm not saying I've just got a lot of other like related thoughts in mind. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Understood. I, I maybe this race like Flash Gordon and these space people and what they think or consider. Yeah. Maybe death doesn't have as much of a, a finality as it does for humans. Sure. Maybe this race kind of thinks that like, you know, as we sort of try to embrace, you know, the like the end and, and understanding that it might be a new beginning for something else. Right. Maybe they've already gotten to that point where they understand. It. So maybe the reaction and the gravity that we thought with this inciting incident, yeah. maybe for the Gordon family, they were like, oh, but she's in an operating system on a computer. Fine. Like, not a big deal. I don't know, though, because uh, Flash's reaction to seeing his dead wife... Oh, I know. In context, <laughs> is pretty rough. 
uh, out of context, it's actually really funny, and I'll talk about that in a second too. But yeah. what disturbed me more was uh, Flash showing up, trying to rescue his son and his wife, seeing his son free and like running around. Obviously, he had he had gotten himself free, and he's just like, "Where's your mother?" And then uh, Rick is just like, "She's she's," and he's like, "No time for you." And he just turns around and runs the other direction. So it's it's sort of like there's not a lot of time between Flash and Rick in the few episodes that we saw. So I'm hoping that they kind of formed a relationship and didn't just rely on the fact that mom was still around as a supercomputer to kind of bridge that. Hey, I don't know, but it wasn't great. I don't know, Dave. You know, if they form that relationship, then they're never going to be able to have a Riverdale-style spinoff That's true. of just these teens in high school figuring out life. Just but figuring also it out. also a murder mystery. Oh, boy. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I will say a couple other minor things in this. Just We've talked about it on this show before. Anytime something happens in the action and then a character either as it's happening delivers the exp- that exposition explaining what's going on or says to a character who doesn't even react to it just like oh the floor is collapsing beneath their feet and the other character just does not respond or react whatsoever it's just i get why it's there it's the same kind of narrative confusion stuff where uh we get this back and forth in the final episode with uh there's a time portal that they're flying into and rick and flash are, are at the front of the cockpit of the spaceship and they're flying and rick's like what's the portal or what's this thing in front of us and flash answers he actually has a pretty decent answer he's like i think it's a portal and it's probably going to take us to like another dimension or something and then it Cuts right back to Rick, and he's like, but what is it? Asking the exact same <laughs> question again. And Flash is like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, that's I don't that's know when he boot up takes. disappointed dad yep. desktop. Exactly. Disappointed he's disappointed just like, desktop dad. kid, you weren't listening. I already told you everything oh I know. I'm not going to go through this again. I'm not going to go through it again. That exposition or the narrative of what's happening at the same so time. So frustrating. Infuri- it's so infuriating. It's just a waste. It feels like a lack of confidence. Like, they, they didn't think that the animation would be good enough or they just did it in the script but they didn't think that the animation would be good enough to convey whatever the action was so they had right. to then put it in the script and it, and spell it out and you really didn't and it's very noticeable when you do and it's hard because in many cases just have the floor crumble beneath our heroes and just have them react yeah just to the scream thing that's happening. just say scream. oh no or whoops or whatever you want to ah, do right. oh no not <laughs> the floor is currently crumbling beneath our feet ah my you know, wallet like, oh <laughs> gravity like some, yeah something something it would be better but they they just felt the need to kind of be redundant in this instance guys we're keeping all this in mind as we uh, venture into our own original animated productions uh so you get to review us in the future which will be fun and terrifying oh, yeah. for all of us oh uh, i can't wait. i want that actually i want a fan episode where people watch our production which you may or may not get to see in a month or two and uh review it and we'll air yeah. it. I would kind of like that. That'd be kind of cool. Set up another uh, call-in number. Where Please. Just call in. Just do Treat it like we treat every cartoon we talk about. The good, the bad, the LOL. Just please do it that way. And give us a compliment sandwich if you can. Yeah. We're sensitive. Our, ego, our egos can't, can't take it. We can't take it. Can't take <laughs> One it. failure and we're done. Oof. Out of this industry. <laughs> You're out. Done. Speaking of stuff that does make us laugh, though, you ready to go for the LOLs? Let's get oh, this. buddy, I got a, I got a big list. All right, what do you got? Oh, God. Uh, the T-line cracked me up. <laughs> this is right after Flash Gordon lost his wife and son to an alien, like, warlord, crash lands his <laughs> ship. 
And this kid who we don't know comes up and he's like, here, I made some tea. Should make you feel better. And he just screams at the top of he's his like, lungs. He's shaking the like clanking. But he's it. like, drinks it down. But he's just like, it does, but it won't help them. It's like, <laughs> where are we right now? What is in this tea? Who are you talking about? We didn't know anything at this point, but that's when he just like fires off the exposition. So that was a heck of a start. Heck of a start. I've never, I've never seen somebody so angry Ooh. at tea. <laughs> he was livid. Taking out oh. all his Ming aggressions on that tea bag. Livid. Livid. But he also liked it and wanted it and said that it was helping. So it was a lot of emotions all at one time. <laughs> so much. And all in the animation, though, too. Like, it's one thing for, like, a, a voice performance to deliver that. But to actually have that animation come through and show just how insane he looked, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. What else I, you got? I've... I feel like that's almost one of those notes where I should just redact what I've said about him not understanding or like understanding yeah. the fact that his wife has passed and he's just like fine with it. No, this man is he's not bananas. fine. He goes from like zero to a hundred sometimes. There are some deliveries where just like, whoa, okay, you really went forward let's on that one. Take it to a 10 yeah. and then let's dial it back to like a two and yeah. then let's skyrocket to a 20. He's all over he the place all over in the terms place. of delivery. Yeah. So it's... It's fun and it's okay. Yeah. It's also a little bit weird it's, sometimes. It's I mean, perfect Lou for LOL. Richards. Yep. Lou Richards, who hurt you? <laughs> like, tea. The tea man. Who upset you? It's interesting. It is so, interesting. For me, yeah. let's discuss some of these pets. I know sure. I've talked about, we have uh, Zuffy that we've mentioned, who is essentially a smaller version of Snarf. Yep from thundercats but like a weirdly a colored wig. version yeah like the yeah. purple with a blonde wig i don't it's, know if it was supposed to endear them to the gordon family or what but i don't, I don't know either it, it's funny because i mean you know based on like the timeline of when this particular show like came out and aired yeah uh i'm trying to remember when thundercats aired off the top i think of it was i think it was well. i want to say 85 was it i think so i could be wrong I want to say 85. Okay. It might be later 80s, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I think you are correct. So, I mean, it would have been. I think it was in the 85. Like the period. exact same time because this is so, 86. So, yeah. So, actually, no, we are. Yeah, it was 85 to, to 89 is when uh, is when the original Thundercats came out. I only say this because you can see so many parallels between this group of like older adults, the younger kids. Yeah. Which are like the like Kit and Kit Wiley and Cat, Cat yeah. as like the 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 stand-ins for the the younger viewers, and then just this like snarf character that was like, you know what? I want to feel cute and put on a blonde wig because <laughs> blondes have more fun. And you're like, okay, get into it, man. Like yeah. I'm cool with this. The great thing about blonde snarf, yeah. is that he doesn't really do much. No, you rarely like, see he's him. Just, he's there, and I will say though, Dave, I love that because we've had so many Agreed. terrible small weird creatures and shows that are upsetting yeah. and stupid they and talk too frustrating much frustrating yep. and they won't shut up yep. this animal this zuffy knew what he was about yep. he was comfortable and confident confident love it along for the ride and, and hanging out fun. with kashin which again is just yeah. a terrible name i apologize apologize to anybody named kashin out there but for a cartoon to have to say it over and over again and to have people understand what you're saying if they don't know who the character is i never knew what they were saying but right Zuffy and Kashin just kind of hang out. I got to say some of the other stuff that made me laugh was with Kashin because he keeps trying to be part of the crew and they just keep shoving him aside. 
arm's length. Buddy. They lay out these plans. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna cram some tea into Flash Gordon, get him up and running. We're gonna get everybody in the spaceship. We're gonna fly across the universe in ten minutes. We're gonna rescue his wife and son. We're gonna defend the Earth. We're gonna restore order to the universe. And Kishin's like, awesome. Can I come? They're like, no, no. You gotta stay here and finish your homework. Yeah. Like, come on, man. For any kid watching it at home, it's just like, yeah, I know how that feels and. Thanks for not letting me come for the ride either. I really appreciate that. Just stay here and wait for you to bring Zuffy back to me, I guess. Poor Kishin. Can I yes, you talk can. to you about some jank? Please. Let's get into this jank. Love jank. At one point, this group decides that they are going to go recruit Phantom. God. So they, they go to South Africa. Yes. They're in the jungle. They need a they man are... who can track like a beast. Yep. Yep. They encounter some peoples that yep. are there. That Same kind native of block peoples. Their... Yep. Peoples that peoples with a capital P yeah. block them in terms of what they're doing and say like you can't do this. So Mandrake introduces himself by he's he puts his hand to the side and then poof pops a top hat yep. and two things happen. <laughs> One of them I didn't expect. Yes. One I was genuinely surprised. Okay. The surprise for me was that they actually had one of the peoples that was next to him with the spear react by opening his mouth. Right. Like, like oh. it, holy crap, yeah. Like you just made a hat appear out of anywhere. As the hat appeared, there was a split second of animation. Oh, it was a good few where, frames, they forgot. It was a good few frames. Oh, yeah. Where they got rid of Mandrake's mustache, <laughs> it disappears. So it was, disappears. Like, it was like, oh my God, like is his mustache the hat? Is it the magic? That's his source of know. all magic. You can see it right there. I loved His every minute of it. Yeah. It was hilarious. Uh, that was amazing. And it was it was definitely like it stared you right in the face. And it was like, how did you miss this? And uh, yeah. I think maybe they just left it in for fun. But it was really funny. Yeah. It, it made me laugh really hard. I was with there's, you on that one. There's a, we talked a little bit about like handoff between animation teams. And we yeah. talked about the different studios that are doing this. So at one point, LJ and Rick are getting kidnapped. And we see an establishing shot of the kidnappers who are dressed like these business creepers and trench coats yeah. and they're wearing like a brown kind of uh like trench and like a like a black hat and they look like those robots that we've we've kind of seen right. these like ice robot creatures which i don't quite 100 percent. i didn't either it made zero sense doesn't, but whatever it doesn't matter uh they are going to apprehend and kidnap lj and rick yeah and so and and it's just worth noting that lj is he is a he is a young black kid, yeah. and he's in a green jacket. Uh, and they do this weird kind of angled shot that Dave had mentioned, where the hands that look like they're approaching LJ are his own hands. <laughs> As I mentioned, the kidnappers are white yeah. and in a brown trench, and the hands that are coming towards him are black hands in a green jacket. And you. <laughs> coming towards a black kid that's in a green jacket. It was like, oh my God. Just a self-hug. I laughed so hard at this jank. (laughs) I didn't catch that one. It was amazing. I didn't catch that one. There were other things like narratively. uh, So when Rick and his mom were captured on on, on Planet Mongo, I just want to know how many times Rick was going to leave his mother behind because she keeps creating opportunities (laughs) to like get them both to safety. And then he gets out, and then she's immediately captured. It happened like three times. Right. Um, now, I do have a visual reference here for one of the other things that we were working with. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can check this out right now. This is the title <laughs> card from that first episode that we're working with. What oh, is happening here? 
So, Escape from Mongo. <laughs> On the right, you've got you've got Ming, and uh, you know Sean already talked quite a bit about that. Uh, he's got a real creeper stare going on at the moment. Yeah. However, it looks like it looks like Rick <laughs> either like just punched his mom, <laughs> or is like is like <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite, like yes, or elbow dropped her or something. Yep. <laughs> and 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 Flash is behind him, about to deliver like a killing blow, or is also just like dancing weird, or is also celebrating at the same time. This is a vi- this. This is the first thing that pops up when you watch this episode. And this, I had to pause it, obviously, take the screenshot, and then it killed me. Because it was just like, what is happening here? It's just like, the family that drops elbows together stays together. Exactly. In this case, you know, Flash and Flash and Rick got a, got a long history ahead of themselves of just dropping elbows on people. I, so. I, I feel like there had to be some miscommunication or lost in translation where they were just like, show grieving and not celebrating like this guy right here is just like he's full-on celebration he la- he leaves his kid to deal with the trauma uh boy it's it's rough it's rough going yeah. out there anything else for you from the lol section yeah i just really loved the fact that ming had a pet sea serpent yeah at ra- random points it would wrap and coil around people yeah and then they would just like bite it or throw it <laughs> Yeah, it didn't do much, but it was also it super smart. Like it could like go and and follow his orders. Like if it wanted to fetch something or go turn something on or go like program a computer, it could do that. It was fine. And that was hilarious, yeah. but it wasn't smart enough to like let Ming know that a prison escape had happened right. and that he had almost captured those prisoners again. Right. It just it had a level of intelligence and you see that, but then it undercuts its yep. own intelligence in the next immediate scene and you think what the I mean, to to our point, that sea serpent pet is what killed uh, Dale Arden. Yeah, like he's that thing is the, like the creature that flipped the switch yeah. and killed her. Yeah, so. just keep that in mind. Keep um, it in mind. I do. I do have to say, I mentioned Ming sassy robot Octon earlier. I was expecting more of an actual robot voice from this thing. What you get is something much sassier. So at one point, it says, "Only one enemy ship sighted." And I was like, that is a choice for a robot. <laughs> yep. alien robot. One of my favorite lines. Did not expect it. And I also, my final LOL. Oh, okay. I got a few more. SAS, yeah. Is SAS related? Sassy robot. Okay. The son of Ming. So good. Had a, had a real Zarkon, yeah, uh, but... Lothar vibe. Yep. Uh, they are just, he, the son is monologuing <laughs> and sassing in the background. Like this. Like this dude is a freaking Hamlet in a play by himself. Yep. Just like, <laughs> I'll get you later, father, or uncle. <laughs> he's having a good time. And he's like never seen so again. Weird. I'm yeah, sure he shows up it. in the other 63 episodes we didn't watch. But yeah, some real sass yep. energy in this first episode. It was great. I, I loved it. You know what my you know what my theory is? Yeah. He shrunk himself into a little purple thing and then put a blonde wig on. You think so? You think he's Zuffy? That would be cute. That'd be adorable. Uh, I got to say some funny villain logic that made me laugh. Uh, So Ming eventually comes to Earth because his planet is is botched. So he eventually comes to Earth, hence defenders of the Earth because they're they're fighting Ming. Ming's first mission is to build an Arctic lab where the former, I guess, state penitentiary was. I didn't know that there was like an Arctic prison uh, that was there. I may have missed something in between. Uh, those moments, but I guess that was his, his base. Uh, and then his second mission after he sends his minions out to, uh, to build stuff, build his Arctic lab, find where Rick Gordon goes to school. 
I love how many plot points in this episode revolve around the kids going to school. Yeah. Because they're trying to relate to the youth who's back at home going to school. Right. Yikes. Can we talk about um, Phantom's jungle birthright? Heck yeah. Okay. What would you call upon if you had the, 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 the law of the jungle birthright? Maybe tigers. Like just one tiger? Uh, probably 10 tigers. The power of 10 tigers. Power of 10 tigers. <laughs> that the first time I heard that. Amazing. The power, I call upon the power of 10 tigers. Like, that's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's a good line. It's just, yeah, why stop at 10? 100 it's tigers. It's a fun, jank animation because they have <laughs> really 10, 10 tiger, like, emblems raised over his body that, like, kind of enter into him but then yeah also, they just kind of like realize the tigers down. could like scale the side of a wall I into mean, a prison who knows if who you knows? got 10 tigers stacked on top of each other at least one of them's gonna get in there really probably okay let's get let's get 10 tigers in a prison and see what happens working on it i gotta say it wasn't until the end of the second episode that i realized what mandrake the magician reminded me of it oh. was it was if job bluth was a superhero because oh, really? he doesn't do much, but every once in a while there will be like a weird trick that he'll pull out of his sleeve and just be like, ha illusions. <laughs> and just move on with the narrative from there. I'm not saying he's not useful. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. he f- he finds very fancy ways to add illusions into whatever uh, the action is at the moment. And it, it cracks me up every time I hear him say it. There was one specific thing that made me think of it. I can't remember it now. But yes, I was just like, oh, he's Joe Bluth. As a superhero. I keep getting a very weird tuxedo mask vibe from him. Yeah, tuxedo mask, though, was a little more... I mean, they're both super dramatic, but uh, tuxedo mask was, I think, a little more... I feel like a little edgier? Maybe? A little more mysterious. Yeah, definitely like more Mandrake, mysterious. Mandrake, he's kind of in your face. Mandrake is super magic and illusions. Yep. yep. But, yeah. I mean, you know, at least in terms of dress, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah, identical. Attitude, very different. Uh, one final thing, and this was in our, our season one finale, when our heroes, uh, they had traveled back in time to the time of King Arthur and Prince Valiant. When they were leaving them and coming back into their own time, Jetta gives the son of Prince Valiant a, it looks like a belt buckle, like a golden belt buckle that just says D-O-E for Defenders of the Earth. They cut to this thing at least two separate times using the exact same cut to like apparently make it super important. But Prince Valiant looks over at it and he's like, ah, a greater honor than sitting at King Arthur's table. What? No. Like, is it though? <laughs> this gold buckle? Also, we left a mutant in your ocean back there, so go change it. Go, go take care of it. Oh. Yeah, it's rough. But I had fun. I had fun with it. All right. A lot of LOLs, a lot of good, and all kinds of stuff. But we're we're at the end, and we get to now give our recommendation, Dave. So we can do a couple things yeah. for this. We can either recommend a cartoon and we can say why we think you should spend some time watching Defenders of the Earth. We can also say we don't recommend a cartoon. We'll give you our justification. If we don't recommend a cartoon, we can go one step further and give it the dip. The dip, yes, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Dunk the cartoon, give it the dip, erase it from the annals of cartoon history. We will only talk about it, uh, you know, I mean, in a negative sense on the show, (laughs) if it is mentioned. (laughs) Uh, it is, there are a handful of dipped cartoons that are out there. Uh, do not watch those. So if something gets dipped, it's like, Poison. stay as stay far away from it. from it as possible. Yep. It's hot lava. Here we go. 
Defenders of the Earth. Yeah. Jake has asked us to watch this. Dave, how are you feeling? Feeling good. Thanks, Jake. Good recommendation. This one had actually been on my list and our list for a very long time. I was surprised that we hadn't covered it because I remember the theme song. I remember the characters and I was like, oh, I'd always wanted to watch that. I'm actually glad that we did because these characters, I think, you know, warts and all, all the flaws aside, I feel like these characters are classics for a reason. A lot of them are coming up on their 100th anniversary. I don't know if there's going to be anything to really kind of celebrate that, but I think it would be pretty cool if they did. And this cartoon is a great way to introduce people to these characters and some of the problems that they come with. So it's a great thing for uh, starting a conversation like this. So will I recommend it? I would say yeah, because if you've never seen a Flash Gordon, if, like me, you've never met Lothar, Mandrake the Magician, uh, even if you know the Phantom but want to see some more of them, or these random kids, uh, it's it's a super fun way to get into it. And it's just like a classic, great, and I say great with quotes, 80s cartoon. It's got everything you want from an 80s cartoon. But that's my take. What do you say, bud? I'm really conflicted. Okay. Uh, obviously, I talked about the bad being racism. Yeah. Um, here's my here's my thought, and hear me out on this. I am not going to recommend this cartoon. Okay. But I am not going to dip it. Okay. Because I'm not going to recommend this cartoon because I think it should be there for people to understand and learn from. Sure. In terms of some of the things that are there, it also. And I'm not going to dip it because at the same time, there is that Lothar character that is there that is a good, actually, like, incredibly useful black character that we have in terms of representation. We as never well as really son. talked about Lothar, though, because they don't really give him much they to do. They don't get into him. Yeah. And so that's what's so challenging about this. I think, you know, if you were looking at this and you'd said, hey, I want all these tropes, go watch Thundercats, you know? Uh, if you were to say, hey, I want something that's action-packed, I'd say go watch G.I. Joe, you know, or go watch Captain Planet uh, that has better representation kind of across the board in terms of what's there. It's really hard and challenging because I feel the same way that Dave has, says about meeting and understanding these characters. I just, I don't know. In this instance, in terms of the racism and some of the the visuals, and the fact that they do have decent representation in this, but they don't give them anything to do. There's a part of it where I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out at this point where I draw the line on certain things, and I think I might be drawing it here. I think I think for me, it's a it's a, a combination of watching watching any previous material with a 2020 lens, right? So you can't go back and change it. You can talk about it. You can say why this is wrong or why this needs to be worked on or why, you know, you can address stuff of saying like, need to keep an eye on this in the future if we ever make our own stuff or keep an eye out for this in in similar work so that you understand why it's wrong. You understand the roots of where it came from. Um, And I think that's an important learning tool. I think a lot of people these days are too quick to write something off, to try to erase it completely, to try to pretend it doesn't exist it's something uh, for me, dipping a cartoon is something different. If it's not providing anything, uh, anything of value, anything to learn from anything to just be yeah. entertained by. So yeah, even if there's a cartoon, uh, about a, a high school basketball coach that just came out this year, but it's so God awful that we dip it. I would still rather have this cartoon as an example of how to do some stuff right. And a lot of stuff wrong and how to learn from it. And also as an adaptation of these kind of classic, for better or worse, 
characters in the past. So I'm, I'm still glad that uh, Jake brought it to our attention. I'll still stick with my recommendation, but I totally understand yeah. why you would want to warn people not to. Yeah, I would say, again, I'm a not recommend. Yeah. I'm a learn from this, yeah. but I, I will not dip the cartoon yeah. because I think it's there because, as Dave mentioned, you should learn from this. You should kind of understand some of these things. I'm a Zuffy stan. So, I don't know. Might yeah. go watch some more. <laughs> and it's it's hard, too, because, you know, uh, at the same time that, like, you know, we we watch a lot of these cartoons and as you you like very aptly mentioned, you know, it, it should be here as a tool for you to be able to kind of learn and understand a lot of these things. I think it has that historical value yeah. uh, as kind of learning that lesson. And again, you know, the challenging thing is, is that people, and we know that we've gotten crap about this before from listeners by saying like, well, you know, uh, are you of East Asian descent or are you black? We're not like, we're not, but at some point uh, it's kind of saying like, where am I going to put my foot down on some of these things? How am I going to feel about this? Uh, you know, and this sadly, this Ming the Merciless character is not the only terrible representation no. that we've had uh, in cartoons. And so, you know, but sadly, it's probably one of the better known. And so for that instance, sorry, Ming. I mean, sorry, not sorry. You know, <laughs> like, sorry that these people did this. It's kind of crappy. Yeah. But uh, that's where we're coming down. To. Thanks, Jake. So that's, yeah. So that's where we are, Jake. Thank you so much for calling in and letting us know. Appreciate you reaching out, letting us know that we need to check out Defenders of the Earth. Thank you, as always. Also, big thank you, as always, to our buddy, our friend of the show, Bobby Anthem. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, along with his co-host, Bobby Blades. You can find him on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. And Bobby has a solo show that's in that exact same Inhuman Experience stream. What's that? Is it two podcasts, one stream? That's you right. know it. You can check it out. It's called In Search of My Lost Soul. It's on hiatus right now. You can find Inhuman Experience on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, just about anywhere that you would listen to podcasts. Dave, what do you got going on? Same old stuff, bud. You can find me over at Collider.com. Chat me up on Twitter at MD, or read The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press, available on Amazon. What's new with you, bud? Man, I do live improv comedy do in you? Washington, D.C. I do, but it's it's right now. It's, it's every other week, and it's on youtube nice or on facebook live so you can go and find tickets and times with dc.org perform with washington improv theater with a group that's called nox n-o-x exclamation point you can find tickets and times again with dc.org i'm on twitter and instagram at sean paul ellis if you're a fan of the show and you reach out and you follow me just say that you're a fan of the show i'll follow back yeah. i'm not worried about this nice. love to have a conversation about it also have a improvised comedy podcast that's out there called the bureau it really answers the question and the mail in terms of, hey, what would a podcast for four people who are working at the FBI sound like if they were to improvise and fake the entire thing? Check out the Bureau. It's available now. I think we've started recording season three. Season one and two are out for you to or to listen to right now. To read? Yeah, we probably should do transcripts. We should do transcripts. I, I would, I'll just read it in my spare time. Yeah, it would just be in my own. I'll do the voices in my head. Constantly laughing. Yeah, right. <laughs> well... If you're listening and you want to support us, thank, thank you. you so much for even thinking about that. You can go over to our Patreon page. Patreon, look for Saturday Morning Cartoons. Just remember, it's morning with a U. You can also just tell a friend. Why? Because we don't understand how Apple iTunes does the recommendation engine. And guess what? Maybe we're not going to learn after six years. So <laughs> that's the line that we're drawing in the sand. Dunzo. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter at Morning Tunes. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email on SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Again, you can find all of these links in our link tree 
which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Thank you guys so much for listening to Thank us today. You. We appreciate it. I think we're going to be back next week. Yeah, we'll be maybe. back. Maybe. I mean, we'll be I mean, we'll definitely be back, but I think maybe we're going to be talking about an uh, an upcoming Netflix show that's coming out mm, that maybe. involved some that involved the park and like a summer camp vibe. Maybe. Cuz I think it comes out soon. I don't know what calendars are. Can we talk about it? We'll soon? talk about it next week and also okay. soon. But for now, I want to say bye to my four dads. Aww. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. See you. Stay safe. My four dads. My four dads. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. Thank <laughs> you.